Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of the Stromcast. This one is a bit of a reference tour. It's going to be a bit of a reference tour for you. We are with Andrew Keeler from Art Nutrition, Strom sponsored athlete, uh, university guest lecturer on nutrition, and nutritionist, coach, bodybuilder, all of those good things. And we're going to run through the things that you need to know if you are new to the gym or you've been going to the gym for a while but you're wanting to get on top of your nutrition um, and you're looking to lose some weight, hopefully keep some muscle mass and get fitter and healthier. Does that roughly cover it, Andy? That's basically it. Just to make it as easy for people to understand as possible. So, although people will be familiar with Rick and myself doing the science quite a lot, this isn't that. This is going to be to make the basic information that people need to understand how to lose weight as accessible as possible, which means making it as easy to understand as possible. And that's basically it. And following on from that, if you do have questions uh, related to the things we cover in this, if you are a beginner, intermediate, or an advanced athlete, we will do a follow-up episode in a few months um, to cover those questions and to cover advanced weight loss strategies. Um, but you can also access um, myself on Instagram via um, strong underscore sports underscore nutrition or Andrew at Arc Nutrition. Is it just Arc Nutrition? That is correct. Yeah, just Arc Nutrition on Instagram. Um, slip into them DMs um, for anything we don't cover. Um, but without further ado, we are going to get into things. So um, I believe the plan is to start off with an overview and then look at things around adherence. Yeah, that's that's above everything. It doesn't matter what style of diet you want to do, what food you like or dislike or anything. Adherence to any plan that you follow is the absolute most important thing because if you can't follow it and you don't stick to it, it isn't going to work. Yeah. And that is the basis of it. And then the style of diet that you pick, the foods that you're going to be eating, etc., are what is going to determine how well you can adhere to a plan or not so yeah. one and to get it out of the way nice and early the thing that will determine your weight loss regardless of whichever diet you choose will be the degree of calorie deficit yeah that's it my mum still doesn't believe me <laughs> yeah that, that that is one thing that I'd like to put in right at the start regardless of your emotional bias towards certain diet styles types approaches anything calories are absolutely the main controlling factor of weight loss and weight gain. If you are not in a deficit, you will not lose weight. If you think you're in a deficit and you are not losing weight, you are not in a deficit. And the thing is, is that that is infallible. It's not hormones, it's not sleep, it's not that you're eating too little to lose weight because that isn't the thing. It isn't starvation mode. It is simply you are enough of a calorie deficit consistently enough to cause weight loss because that's another thing that people do this is where your calorie intake and adherence come together perfectly you might have one or two days where you are definitely in a calorie deficit and then by the third day your hunger has increased to the point that you then eat more and that takes you out of your deficit you maintain that for two or three days and that's why you, you're just spinning your wheels you actually, you actually end up in maintenance one of the things that's difficult is, is a lot of online PTs, even people like James Smith, will just throw around, what's his, his phrase, calorie fucking deficit. Yeah. 
and and that will lead people to become frustrated because they think they're in a calorie deficit because uh, my fitness pal has told them they are or their Fitbit has told them they are is a really common one. And I guess people are going to be watching this. That might be a concept on them. Oh, well, my Fitbit is telling me that I'm in a calorie deficit, but I'm not losing weight. They're only estimates. Your, your true definition of if you're in a calorie deficit, as Andrew says, is is if you're losing weight. If you're not losing weight, you're not in a calorie deficit. And this does need to be over a, a reasonably sustained period, not just day to day. Yeah, and that's why adhering to the plan and picking the right style of diet is so vitally important because if you're only able to maintain that deficit for a day or two, then you, you're never going to lose the weight that you want to lose. So you've got to find a diet style that you're really comfortable with, that you enjoy all of the foods that you eat, that isn't too restrictive so you're super hungry all the time and constantly thinking about food and just maintain a bit of a deficit. Because I think a lot of people go, right, I'm dieting, I need to be in a huge deficit. Which, going so drastic, you suddenly become very, very hungry, very irritable, it can impact your sleep, and then people just can't maintain it. So, that's it. Calorie deficit needs to be maintained, and it needs to be maintained consistently. And then, I think before macros are spoken of, how much protein to eat, carbs, fats, and stuff like that, the style of diet that you choose is the next most important thing because I've said on my Instagram numerous times, if you love breads and pasta and, you know, tortilla wraps and cereals and shit like that, going keto is going to be a shit diet for you because you can't eat any of the foods that you really, really enjoy. And yeah. if, if you don't like fatty fish, you don't like nuts, you don't like, you know, fattier cuts of meat, that's the main thing that you will be eating. So you're going to be missing all the foods you do enjoy and constantly eating foods that you don't enjoy. And it's through people doing that that they end up with shit adherence. They, they, they follow it for a couple of days and then they cave and they eat foods that they like again. And then they eat way too much of those foods. And then they yep. keep eating that cycle. I suppose it's important to understand the difference between maybe a, a lot of what people see on Instagram will be bodybuilding diets where it only needs to be adhered to for an 8, 10, 12, 16 week period versus a sustainable diet for someone who's going to the gym. Um, because that kind of bodybuilding style diet isn't sustainable fundamentally by its very nature. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the thing as well. When we do go into prep, we know this is for 16 weeks, 20 weeks. Even if it's a long diet and it's 26 weeks, you set that mindset, I only need to do this for 26 weeks, and then we do it. If, if you don't compete, if you are, if you're a muggle, if you're a normal person, the reason why the diet needs to be created of foods that you enjoy is because it needs to be something that you're going to be able to do from now on. And it's not to say that you need to continuously try to lose weight from now until forever. Yeah. But so that you can maintain the deficit until you reach the body fat that you are happy at, the weight loss that you want to achieve, and then just increase your calories eating the same foods so that you can then maintain. So what would you suggest is, is going to be the, the best way for someone to start in that scenario? Like the, the, the obviously people have a lot of preconceived ideas about diets and things, but as a, as a starting block, would you suggest someone uh, take a, a named diet style or would you maybe take a, a what I would call kind of a whole foods approach in that you just try and eat foods that are made from real things or would you go straight in with a, a kind of a, a calorie counting if it fits your macros type thing for most people where do you think would be a good place to start to be it's, it's, it's 
difficult because everybody's different. But I would say if you start a particular style, so if you go keto or paleo or if you suddenly become vegan or any, you know, whatever avenue you go down, if after a week you're already starting to feel that itch, by week two, week three, it's only going to get worse. Yeah. A lot of people don't have massive deficiencies within the diet. Obviously, within vitamins and minerals to do, but that isn't what we're talking about. Just overall, as far as food consumption, it's purely that the foods they eat, they eat too much. So even if you continued eating exactly the same as you do now, but just reduce the amount that you eat, you would be able to lose weight successfully without having to change anything. So there's nothing that you need to get used to. And theoretically, if someone is at a point where they're just maintaining their body weight, then any reduction in total calorie intake per week will, will achieve that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, because you do get people that will naturally find out. Uh, what do they call it? Uh, Lyle McDonald's call it set point. So you'll generally settle out at a certain body weight if you left your own devices, leptin and ghrelin, not to get sciencey, but the hormones that tell you when you're full and tell you when you're hungry will balance out when you get to a certain body weight and, and you'll find that you sit there naturally. Most people will. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. When it comes to that, if you are at a point where you've been the same weight for a, uh, an extended period of time, continue eating the exact same foods you do now, just slightly reduce them. You know, and if you are normally quite sedentary, go out for a walk each evening after you've had, you know, after you've had a meal, and that would be enough through increased expenditure and a little bit of a reduction in caloric intake to start weight loss. It's so, not a complicated process. The thing I used to do with people um, when they came in the shop, um, when they they came and asked about weight loss, fat loss, the first thing I would do is I'd say, I know you're you're itching to get started, but but for a week, if you can just track what you eat. Use my fitness pal or whatever you want. Track what you eat for a week and then come back to me and we'll go through it. But what you'll probably find after you record what you eat for a week, if you are truly honest with yourself, is that you'll look at it and go, oh, that's what's going wrong. I'm eating far more than I thought I was. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's kind of where I personally would suggest people start. Generally, now because we are talking about gym performance, uh, I guess there would need to be a caveat in there that there is going to be a benefit to in taking more protein than your average morning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the thing is with protein, it, it's not just specific to people that go to the gym on a consistent basis and are looking for gaining muscle that need to ensure they're eating enough protein. Your average person still needs to make sure they're getting enough protein simply because it's going to help with satiety so your feeling of fullness throughout the day will be maintained better if you eat more protein you know it, it worries a lot of people here eat enough protein muscle i don't want to build muscle because i'm not a bodybuilder so do i need to eat protein yeah it won't magically make you massive yeah no matter how much you eat yeah. Um, so, so in summary for the first part, effectively, um, work out how many calories you're intaking currently, yeah. reduce those calories in a manner that you find sustainable. And if you are conscious of gym performance, you need to maintain a good protein intake. But even if you don't, there are benefits for society in terms of keeping full. Um, yeah, that kind of covers that.
I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, when, when it comes to tracking calories, one thing that, you know, you said that you get people to say, go away and just for a week, keep a food diary, track what you've eaten. I tend, I, I do the same thing with a lot of people, but I will ask them to wear themselves the following morning before they start tracking and then get to wear themselves after a week when they're then going to give me their information to see if they've lost any weight. Because yeah, a lot of people, as soon as they become conscious of what they're eating, they immediately start to reduce it anyway. Yeah. And they go, oh, I've lost four pounds this week. And that shows that you've had quite a large reduction in caloric intake. And then whatever they give me for the week, they'll just say, how was it eating like this? And they go, oh, that's fine, we'll carry on. Yeah. If this is what you've eaten and you've not done anything different, and you've lost weight, then that will continue for a little while. So, troubleshooting. My name's Gavin, and um, I'm eating... Uh, my fitness pal tells me I need to be eating 2,200 calories. I'm eating 800 cal- 1,800 calories. I'm tracking all my food, but I'm not losing weight. Um, obviously, the, the assumption is that I'm not in a deficit. One of the things I've found it can be, in my experience, and there might be some other things that you would add to this, is people not tracking things like sauces and sugars in teas and the oil they cook their food in. And I know that sounds really petty and nitpicky for something that's a basic of dieting, but if your calorie intake is, if you do need to be eating 800 calories to lose weight, you'd be amazed at how many calories there are in a tablespoon of mayonnaise or whatever it might be that you're adding to your food. So unfortunately, that all needs to be taken into account um, in, in those numbers. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, this is something that I know you'll have come across and you'll have seen it a lot in content on social media. And there's this thing that people like to put out in a very sarcastic fashion, or some of them in a very angry fashion, about people being told to track how much veg they're eating and how much fruit they're eating. You know, And then it's always that you don't need to track your veg, you don't need to track fruit. And it's almost like because their herald is a, is a healthy food, that it shouldn't be tracked and it's obsessive and it's too much to, to think to track it. But if you're in the process of trying to lose weight and you've got to the point of frustration because you've tried and tried and tried and failed and failed and failed, there is nothing that you eat that shouldn't be tracked. Everything that goes in, if you are at that point where you're frustrated, there, it might have been you, there's someone I know that had a client and they were told, because I, I think it's quite common in people that are fairly experienced that you maybe won't track vegetables. So they were told they don't need to track their vegetables. They weren't losing weight, and they they, and I suppose it's it's an innocent enough mistake. They hadn't counted potatoes as a trackable item because they're a vegetable. Yeah, yeah. No, that that wasn't one of mine, but that is something that I've come across before. Yeah, and you can understand, but if someone's been told well, you can have as many vegetables as you want, but potatoes they grow on the ground. But that's yeah. I mean, another one that I've had that with is uh, cherry tomatoes. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, it's a vegetable, so I've not been tracking it, but I've been having two punnets a day. And it's yeah. like, oh, that's like 500 calories. Yeah. And so, yes, it's a vegetable and also fruit, tomato, but just because it is a healthy food doesn't mean that the calories don't count. All calories count. Yeah. And I'm not saying, oh, you need to weigh your broccoli and stuff like that, but just keep the portions reasonable. Um, I mean, I've recently had one of my clients, she was in that process that, you know, the, the plan that she's following is sound and she was becoming really frustrated with weight loss wasn't happening. So I just a couple of times she sent me a picture of her meals and it, the portion of veg that she was having was huge with every meal. And she's dropped it down to about a quarter of the size and the weight has started falling again. Yeah. And that's the only thing 
we changed. It's just troubleshooting sometimes because I, I appreciate that it's very easy to sit here and go, it's simple, you just need to be in a deficit. But if someone is listening to something like this, they're probably frustrated, they've probably tried and failed. And it's just going through those nuances of, well, well, these are the things that can trip you up. And yeah. they seem obvious when you mention them, but if you haven't thought about it, it's only obvious if you know the answer. Yeah. Um, yes, so that is adherence, that is diet styles. Um, so you talked about um, macros and food sources. Yeah. I mean, Where would you like to lead on those? Food sources kind of lead into the diet style that you're going to pick. Because like I touched on before, if you if you really enjoy carbs, you know, or carb sources, then doing a diet style that means that you have to restrict carb intake largely isn't going to be good for you. And in very much the same way, if you really enjoy fatty fish, nuts, things like that, having a diet that means that you need to restrict that is, again, bad. Yeah. Dairy. That's that's a food group that is really commonly not only restricted but completely taken out of people's intake. Which is a really good way of becoming intolerant or something. Yeah, it's it's demonized massively as being responsible for cellulite, overall fat gain, digestive problems, all sorts of things. And there's no science to back it up. There's actually a study recently that showed uh, a higher dairy intake to be linked to lower obesity overall, um, which I'm pretty sure it was Lyle McDonald again who shared that. Um, but, but like you said before, it doesn't necessarily tie with people's preconceived cognitive dissonance but but yeah you're absolutely right. I mean there is there is no food that will inherently make you fat yeah not even fat not even fat yeah you know actually that's not a thing anymore is it it's carbs that people inherently think makes them fat fat making you fat has gone out of fashion that's not trendy anymore yeah no it's carbs and insulins yeah, even when they're in deficit, insulin will make you do a fat. Someone, I did a live the other day and someone asked about that. They said, oh, what about sweeteners spiking my insulin? I said, well, if you're in a calorie deficit, what's that insulin going to do? Well, it's going to, you know, shuttle stuff and shuttle what? If you're in a deficit, you're in a deficit. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that if, if sweeteners did actually cause a release of insulin, when you're in a deficit, if anything, that would help the fat burning process. Glucagon would then re release triglycerides to bring it back up, ergo fat loss. So, I mean, Ant Bales injects insulin every day and he gets fucking shredded. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a nonsense thing. So I'm, I'm dieting at the moment. I'm okay to have this. You are okay to have that. It is the best of the fizzy pops. That orange Fanta Zero is the one that I drink more than anything. Ten, ten calories, though. I mean, even that, it's not calorie-free. No, it's not. Just like a white monster, it's got 11 whole calories in it. Yeah, I think you've struggled to drink enough of those for it to be a problem. But, you know, if we're being thorough. So, um, food sources will Just determine adherence. Adherence determines success. Yeah. And caloric intake being the underpinning of everything. You know, when it, when it comes to macros... People people get bogged down with the ratios like oh you need you need thirty percent of your calories to come from protein forty percent from carbs thirty percent from fats oh, no you don't you need it eighty ten ten or whatever the different thing is 
Something that we can discuss in in an advanced fat loss strategies podcast because for an advanced bodybuilder there are things you can do with that calorie triangle um, to see impressive results. But for general fat loss, it's just not relevant and it won't make any difference. I think people quite often think that if they do if they do all the minutia, they'll get extra results and you just won't. Yeah, you just need to nail the basics. Absolutely nail the basics. Put yourself in a deficit and maintain it and you will get better fat loss than you ever have before in the past. And one thing that I would say about food sources and dieting styles, if you've ever done a particular style of diet before, got a little bit of success and then fell off the wagon and then gained it all back, if you've done that particular diet one, two, three times before, do not do it again because it doesn't work for you. There is there is something specific about that type of diet that you cannot adhere to for long enough to continue the success. Yeah. If, if I were to say that personally, I, I would suggest that no diet that restricts any particular food group would be my preference. Would you agree with that? Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I'm not saying that they don't work, but personally, if I was given the choice of putting a client on on a diet that says you can't have a certain thing versus a diet where you can have whatever you want fundamentally, we just track it and record and account for it. That would be my preference if that's something they can do and they can adhere to. Um, so what would be the benefits, I guess, in your mind? Because obviously there are clients and there are people that you will suggest something that's perhaps a little bit more restrictive. What would be the reason for doing that? For having it so that there's nothing nothing restricted. No, what, what would be the reason that you would suggest someone do something more restrictive? It depends how they react to it, you know. But the main thing is even when I put somebody on something like I get somebody to follow a keto diet, which I do with some clients at the moment. Yeah. I will I will impress upon them when they start that even though it is working, it doesn't mean that nothing else will work. You know, it doesn't make it special and don't become a zealot of that style of diet. On, on the subject of keto, I much as I see people that will fangirl it online, I don't know a single person in the real world that has ever sustained keto as a lifestyle. Nobody. I know people who talk about it. I've seen people talk about it, but I've never met anyone in the real world who has managed to sustain it in the real world. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you'll even see it on social media. You'll get a keto zealot who will claim that it can cure cancer, it will fucking fix mental health issues, it will do everything, who will at some point in the, the week or the month have a refeed. Oh, the old um, carbs on a weekend? Yeah. Yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense. Um, So again, for those who don't know what a keto diet is, it's a diet where you don't eat any carbohydrates for reasons related to people believing that carbohydrates release insulin, which they do, and that insulin is inherently bad for fat loss, which it isn't. Yeah, and to touch on that, well, will cause insulin to be released. Eating a large portion of protein, eating a large portion the fat will also call insulin to be released. Yeah, because its function is to signal transport of nutrients. That's, that's what it's for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you get some people, so if you don't eat carbs, you don't produce insulin. You do. You will still miss. I have not eaten any carbs for 14 days because I'm doing one of them stupid restrictive diets. And um, yeah, I definitely still have the insulins. It does still um, exist in me. So the next thing you wanted to cover was diet styles. And I thought a way of doing this might be if I were to run through named diets yeah. um, and you could perhaps give a quick pro and con for each one, unless there is no pro. 
Oh no, Connor. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll start off with Instagram's favourite, if it fits your macros. If it fits your macros, pros, you can eat from a very wide variety of foods. There's not really any food that you can't eat because if it fits your macros, you can eat it. Um, cons of that, you will get people, especially when they very first start, they will take it to the extreme and they will eat very, very calorically dense foods like cake and ice cream and chocolate and crisps and leave themselves incredibly hungry for large portions of the day. And then, yeah, sometimes that will either lead them to then overeat so they don't lose weight, or they just gradually over time learn and go, ah, yes, I can eat ice cream, but I'm hungry as fuck when I do, so I'm going to not do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, there are ways of doing it. I, when I've done If It Fits Your Macros, you know, you can, you can save calories from the day before and the day after. Um, but... I think mentally some people find that degree of freedom um, too much. They can fall off the wagon more easily. Um, another one that seems to have a bit of a recurrence at the moment, a resurgence, um, intermittent fasting. Yeah, it, intermittent fasting, again, pros of it. It will allow you to feel full more during the time that you can eat because you've got a restricted window. So for anybody that's listening that doesn't know what intermittent fasting is, is it's a style of dieting where you will reduce the window of the day that you eat to a shorter period of time. So it could be that you would do, what, what's the most common one? 16-8, isn't it? So you will fast yeah. and eat over an eight-hour period, um, which would be from, well, any, any time that most people... I mean, not, it's quite common that people will do it from... Um, like when they finish work until bed, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you can vary that. You know, you can take the eating window even shorter. So whatever volume of food you need to eat is then taken in in a short period of time so you feel satiated. But you still need to count calories, and that seems to be where a lot of people fall down on that one. Yeah. I mean, that, that's it, regardless of the diet style, whether it's if it fits your macros, intermittent fasting, keto, paleo, anything, calories is the underpinning of everything. Um, but yeah cons with that again you can get people that can get incredibly hungry again through the way that they've eaten during their window they can actually end up having a fasting period that's longer than it needs to be because although you can eat for an 8 hour window if by the time you get there you are so hungry that you eat 3 quarters of your daily intake right at the start you then end up fasting for a much longer period of time which can gradually get worse and worse and then people fall off the wagon and I suppose 5-2 five, five, would be a very similar set yeah. of things. For those who don't know, 5-2 is where you... Do you fast completely for two days or you just eat 500 calories for two days? Well, I think it depends. There's different variances, as people always do. They take things to different levels of severity, but I think the normal one is two days of 500 calories and then five days of a normal restriction. And the idea being that if you ate your normal diet for those days and you were maintaining weight before, that you would lose weight. But... I think people will probably end up eating more on those five days. Yeah, and I've come across another style of five two, which is you eat very, very little for five days, and then you can oh. eat one two. Right, good. So effectively creating a, uh, a binge starve style eating disorder. Yeah, yeah, that's oh. literally what that creates. Yeah, I I can't see many pros to that one, to be honest. Um, so. Um, Vegan. 
I, I can't believe I'm saying vegan is a diet style, but it seems to apparently be at the moment. Yeah, it's it's one of those. If you if you want to be vegan for moral ethical reasons, you know, hundred percent. You know, it, that's the thing with me. I have nothing against people being vegan or the vegan diet, just as long as you do it properly. I've been very very clear with Rose, my daughter, since she's tiny. When we give her food, that's ham. That's from a pig. That's chicken. You know what chicken is? That's beef. That's from a cow. Uh, and if she says I don't want to eat a cow because she's two and she understands that maybe things don't want to be killed that's absolutely fine yeah um, I think any I mean the whole game changers thing has been discussed to death uh, my mum has gone vegan to lose weight she's become diabetic because she replaced I mean her diet wasn't good but she replaced all of her meats with pasta and bread and yeah Carbon has gone through the roof, and it's just yeah. there all day long. And she's not lost any weight either. See, and, and there again, she went vegan after watching that documentary for weight loss. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things. There's, there, you know, again, the thing is, when when you discuss fat loss, there's always this element that. There's a monotony to it, and that's because it is quite a monotonous process. Calories are the defining factor, whether you're vegan, keto, blah, blah, blah. If you are eating too many calories, you will not gain weight loss. So if you've come across content on social media that says, if you follow this diet and buy my book and app yeah. and podcast to, uh, to help, then you will definitely lose weight. It isn't true at face value in that respect. Just because you follow that style of diet doesn't mean you will lose weight. And every Best single diet is like the Vogue diet. Sorry? Uh, the Vogue diet, I think it's a glass of wine and then a cup of coffee and a slice of toast. I'll, I'll find it for you. It's And then scream at yourself in the mirror and cry yourself to sleep. Um, so, so I suppose my point is if, if it's a very prescriptive diet that says you are only allowed to eat two eggs and then this and then this then I suppose you, you would probably lose weight but it's not sustainable yeah yeah because that's it you know if you if you started a diet and you're thinking fuck how long have I got to do this for then you need to change it because you know the, the Vogue diet from 1977 one egg hard boiled one glass of white wine, preferably a, sh a Chablis, Chablis uh, black coffee, lunch, two eggs. Hard boiled is best because apparently the way you cook them changes changes the egg. Um, two glasses of white wine, one black coffee. Dinner, uh, 150 grams of steak grilled with black pepper, lemon juice, remainder of your bottle of white wine. I mean, it'd probably work. I mean, do you just follow that at the weekend? Because, I mean, if you're trying to follow that at work. No, no, that's seven days a week. Bottle of wine a day, three hard-boiled eggs, and a, uh, 150 grams of steak. Brilliant. Um, so, although apparently with a full bottle of wine, it's 3,600 calories a day. Really? Yeah. I suppose it's grape juice, isn't it? Yeah, my, that's another thing that people don't count drinks. drinks. Yeah, absolutely. You have a day. Oh, well, I only have three. Do you have milk and sugar in it? Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That would be 
you know, anything up to 150, 200 extra calories. In, in terms of diet styles, there are hundreds we could go through. There's some that I don't really understand. Like, I don't really understand, like, what paleo is because, um, well, I don't. I thought paleo was that you just eat whole foods like eggs and steak and, and vegetables and fruits and whatever. But then, and you can't have flour, but you can make paleo brownies using flour that you've made from coconut because that's so I, I don't really understand paleo, I'll be honest. Um, but, but they're all kind of, um, they're based around not a cult, but a, a way of thinking, I guess, rather than a, a, a lined up nutritional profile. I don't know if there are any other diets that you, you regularly see. That have a cult following? Well, the, the, you regularly will get people asking you about as to whether they should do them. Yeah, it's, it is one of the popular ones. But, you know, it's like to do a pros and cons list of every diet style that's available could be done. But the pros and cons are going to be, you know, it's perspective of the person that's followed it. Yeah. yeah, well, that, that's what I was going to say. I don't know if there are any other ones that you've seen at the moment that are particularly popular that we should cover. Um, but uh, vegan, intermittent fasting and, and keto uh, the three that I've seen a lot of of late. I think the Mediterranean diet is it's kind of it's always a mainstay, but I find that the Mediterranean diet seems to be one that appeals to middle-aged people a little bit more. There's a lot of flexibility in that as well, isn't there? Because it's kind of yeah. just what you imagine people in Spain in. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But you know, and again, it's it's a good diet. Yeah. Like eating the right amount because I think that's one of the biggest things that kind of confuses people and screws people up. Is it is it a healthy diet? People will see, you know, a high a high fat, high protein, low carb diet and think, oh, you're eating bacon and eggs and steak. It's unhealthy. If you're in a calorie deficit, the foods that you are eating, you know, even if it is disproportionately high fat and protein in compared to carbs or vice versa, your your health markers in your blood that indicate whether you are healthy, whether you've got problems or not, will improve if you lose weight. If you exercise right. as well, that will increase even more so. Not that I'd ever suggested, but the, the McDonald's documentary, the, the Super Size Me documentary, didn't they? But then a doctor or a, a lecturer went and did the same thing, but ate in a deficit. So we ordered from McDonald's. He only ate from McDonald's, but he ate in a deficit. Um, and all of his health markers improved because he lost weight. Yeah. Um, so I guess the final thing, because that's, that's 35 minutes, knew it would happen. Um, the final thing on your list is uh, myths, common diet myths. So we've kind of summarized, um, be in a calorie deficit, find something you can adhere to, track to make sure that you are, you are aware of what you're eating. Um, those things are all nice and simple. Common myths that people get tripped up by, one of them being that you can't drink things with sweeteners in. Yeah, sweeteners will not make you fat. They will also not kill you. And eating carbs after 6 p.m. is absolutely okay. I, where, I don't, how did that even start? Again, insulin. Because the idea is that if you eat carbs before bed, you're going to have high insulin all night, so your body's going to be storing those carbohydrates, which, which would be a good thing because it would put them in glycogen stores and you could use them the following morning. Um, uh, and that it'll all get stored as fat. That was the idea behind it. And I think actually most bodybuilders that still worry about insulin timings and things now, you'll generally find that they will eat more carbs in the evening and less in the mornings. I think that's probably more common, isn't it? Yeah. Start the day on, on no carbs and, and add them in 
around your workout. But yeah, the, the timing of your carbs doesn't matter in the slightest. Um, Christ, get up at two in the morning and eat carbs if you want. It won't matter at all. Yeah, it's like if you're in a deficit, you will still lose weight. You know, that that can't be impressed enough. And, and that's it, essentially. Um, what, what other common myths do we tend to come across quite a lot? Dairy being bad for you. Dairy being bad. Causing faster weight gain. Also not true. Yeah. Processed food. Yeah. Again, I mean, and all that processed stuff. Thing to know, everything that me and Rick are talking about right now is under the context of being in a calorie deficit. Yeah. You know, so anything that we've said, you know, you can still be healthy whilst doing it if you're in a deficit. Because even if you eat quote unquote healthy foods, if you are in a large surplus, you will still gain weight from it and your health will still diminish. You will still negatively impact your health. I suppose uh, one that we used to get a lot when I first met you, and I haven't heard it said much recently, salt. Yeah, that was a huge thing to cut out and not have any of. Because, and I suppose logically again, just like with people cutting carbs out, I can understand why people think it's a thing. Because if you cut salt from your diet, you will drop weight on the scales within a day or two. Yeah. Because that salt is holding fluid within your muscles, within your glycogen stores, making you heavier, but not fatter. And weight and fatness are, are different things. Obviously, they're linked, but they're not the same thing. So having salt in your diet won't make you fatter. Um, in fact, I think Stan Efferding and a lot of top-level coaches have people probably increase their salt intake from Whole Foods. One of the things I think, one of the reasons this is important is if people are eating muggle food, as you would call it, processed food contains lots of salt. Yeah, it might not yeah. taste like it, but you look on the packet and it will be there, sodium, lots of sodium. Um, if you move to making all your food from scratch, you might think, oh, well, I didn't add salt to my food before, but so I don't need to add salt to my food now. And you'll probably find you start getting cramps and things like that. And that'll be because there was salt in your diet before you just didn't know. And now you're making everything from scratch. And if you're not adding salt, it's not there. But salt's so important for so many bodily functions. Yeah, it is. And it's, um, it isn't something that needs to be cut out because having salt, yes, it can cause you to hold water, but it's only in relation to you know, your physical activity, the amount of water that you're drinking, the amount of food that you're eating, and, you know, the amount of, of muscle mass that you've got as well, I suppose. It's not going to be, you know, having an extra gram or two of salt in the day isn't going to be responsible for you holding an extra stone and a half body weight. It will be a couple of pounds here and there. You know, and as you said then, when, when people cut it out, they suddenly drop quite a bit of weight, a couple of pounds from a scale within a day or two. That's another part to cover when it comes to dieting and weight loss. The speed of your weight loss is not going to remain consistent for the entire time that you diet. So when you first start dieting, especially if you go to one of the super restrictive diet styles, you will suddenly drop five, six, maybe maybe even more pounds from the scale within the first week. Especially if that's a diet that cuts out carbohydrates because of the aforementioned glycogen. Yeah, that, that's, that's the reason for it. As your glycogen was deplete, your muscle cells will hold less water. Holding less water, they will also hold less salt. If you drop carbs out of your diet, your food volume that is physically inside you will reduce. So just those things on their own will have a drastic impact on what you see in the scale after only two or three days of being on the plant. 
So if you experience a weight drop of six pounds in the first week, do not expect that to be mirrored in week two, three, four, and five. You know, a reasonable weight loss, as we've, we've always kind of said, is two pounds. To drop two pounds in a week and yeah. maintain that consistently, give it, what, 14 weeks and you've lost two stone. Yeah. Yeah. And no matter, no matter who you are, if you can sustain that past that initial period, you'll, you'll get very, very good results. Yeah. That's it. Add, add me to it and just maintain it for, for as long as you can. You know, don't don't go drastic because the more drastic the start, the shorter the time period you are going to be able to maintain it. <coughs> yeah, yeah some, that's the key. There's some people out there, you know, that will do a protein-only diet. And, you know, it would be ridiculous to do a protein-only diet, but you do that and certain people can maintain that for six weeks if they need to, eight weeks if they yeah. need to, with very little issue. But those kinds of people are weird and they're very few and far between. And they're looking at each other right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's something that, so again, it is an extreme weight loss tactic. It's something that I've only been able to do twice in my life when you're in a very specific mind frame, frame of mind. Yeah, yeah. There have been yeah. times, so I'm doing it at the moment because um, those of you who follow me on Instagram will know I've got a back problem. I just need to get weight off me. Don't care whether it's muscle or fat. I just need to get weight off me as quickly as possible to reduce the strain on my back. There's probably been four or five times when I've messaged Andrew between now and four years ago and I said, oh, I'm going to do Prony for a bit. And within three days, I've just not messaged him about it because I've stopped. Yeah. Um, but when you get your mind focused on a goal, there is no distracting you from that. Yeah. Um, it's a very strange sensation to describe. Um, and I think it's with bodybuilding, with weight loss, with anything like that, when you are truly focused on something, um, it's, my daughter's been waving, um, what was she trying to force? She was trying to force feed me Pop-Tarts earlier. And it's not like I had to resist and it was hard. I wasn't bothered. I wasn't bothered. And if you're truly on a diet and you are truly committed to getting results, you truly want to get to where you say you want to go, that's eventually the headspace you'll find yourself in. It doesn't happen overnight. It's not something that is is easy to get your head into. Uh, and I think you've got a phrase you use for it. It's not that I can't eat that. It's that I, I choose not to. Yeah. Yeah, because that's it. People when they start a diet say, oh, I can't eat that, which is a restriction. Whereas if you say, I don't eat that food, that's a choice. And yeah. it's so, so simple. It's so subtle, but in the way that we respond to our own language, it makes a massive difference for a lot of people. Yeah, no, it, and it is. It's mentally, it's, I don't want that because that isn't going to help me do what I'm trying to do at the moment. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons that a lot of people fail and they don't realise because it doesn't get talked about. A lot of people will say... It's, it's essentially what you just said. I, I don't want that food. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And the reality is, yes, you fucking do. You do want it. That's why you find it so hard to resist. So that's why if you are on a particular type of diet that you find yourself constantly saying, I don't want crisps, I don't want chocolate, I don't want that, maybe you need to change your diet style to allow a little bit of that each day. Yeah. Because when you can have anything and you are conscious of the fact that you can eat anything you fucking want, that level of restriction gets lifted 
and then the desire to have what you can't have goes away. Yeah. One last thing I wanted to cover um, for anyone who's still listening, um, there might be one person. Um, when when you first competed, um, when I first lost weight, well, when you first competed, very much so, none of this was available. When I first when I first lost a large amount of weight, it was starting to become prevalent. Industry specific diet foods. So most people are of the opinion that these make life massively easier for people who are dieting. So low carb protein bars, calorie free sources. Um, there is a wealth of things now that didn't exist. Um, are you of the opinion that these are generally a help or a hindrance? Are they something you would recommend that you, you utilize with clients? Um, I, I know that when we had a retail store, we used to sell huge amounts of the skinny sauces and skinny syrups and stuff like that. I used them on a personal level that they make me want real syrup and real sauce and real fake cake and fake donuts and shit, but they do exist. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there again, it comes back to how do you respond to it as an individual? Some people really like having shakes when they're dieting. I personally don't get that because, yes, it tastes nice, but it doesn't give you any level of satiety at all. And when you when your calories are restricted yeah. anyway, that becomes the most important thing for me. How the volume of food I'm eating over what it tastes like, because getting rid of the hunger becomes more important than feeding the taste. You know, and it, yeah. it's the same with protein bars. Protein bars. Are they're not super high in calories, but they are calorically dense for the size of them, what they are. So you get... I find they trigger cravings. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it's like eating a chocolate bar without it being a chocolate bar. It's, yeah. it's essentially a chocolate bar. I'm trying to remember the name of them, but they do, and they're the uh, pro-nuts. They're like a 100-calorie, 99-calorie donut. Um, you can buy them in supplement shops. Every time I've had one, I've gone, you know what? I really fancy a donut. That wasn't. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it's like, that That looks like the food I want to eat, but tasted nothing like the food I want to eat. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not personally a massive fan, but um, they are there. They do exist. So for people who are struggling, um, uh, perhaps particularly people who are doing like an if it fits your macros type thing, they are something you can get and they, 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 they help some people. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people turn to sauces. So the sauces I get, um, they, they're, they're, they're catering ones. I think they're called Crucial is the brand. Right. And they're sweet chili and they're barbecue and they're garlic and chili sauces. They're about 20 to 30 calories per 100 mil anyway. Mm. And you get, them from, you get them from cash and carry and they're about £1.90. Um you're not going to have a hundred mil of sauce on your dinner. No. You and if you did, it's only 30 calories. And um, it would be ruined. Yeah. Um, so that's my personal um, thing that I go to if I do need anything, but I, I'm not a huge personal fan, but they do exist. Um, anyway, it's been a massive pleasure, Andrew. We have gone on for way, way longer than we thought, um, but that was always going to happen. Something that I think we will do in the future, something that I know people will want to do is an advanced fat loss weight loss strategy and I can think of no one better to do it with than you because um, for those of you who don't know uh, what was it was the UK BFF inters middleweight uh, which year 
the one you won the British finals of? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't win the British finals. It was. <laughs> was it the one that you came with me to? No, before I met you. 2012, I believe it was. Yeah. The under under 80 kilos inter intermediates. That's it. Um, how long did you do extreme weight loss for for that one? Um, the diet started on the 2nd of January and finished when the finals. I think it was. I think it was the 21st of October that year. And it was the last eight weeks was particularly brutal. Uh, that year, to be honest, the, the, it was the last six weeks before the qualifier that was really, really not nice. Yeah. It was, that was the most restrictive a diet has ever been. It was all I ate for six weeks was egg whites and whitefish. It's all Kevin Lavrone used to eat, though. It is. So... And, and, and I didn't look the same as him when the show came around. I felt I was like Right. I will end the recording there. Anyone who wants to message me or Andy, as we said at the start, um, Andy is Art Nutrition on Instagram, and uh, you know where to find me. Thank you very much. And we will cover um, basics around going the other way next time for all of you who can't gain weight. Yes which, to be honest, is as much of a problem for the people who are experiencing it as those who can't lose weight. Yeah, 100%. Yes. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.